You know, we're going to be preaching to just like there are multitudes here in the sanctuary. And I believe there are multitudes watching online. That's one thing about the word of God. It just, it never gets old. It's never outdated. It's always a word in season for someone. And I know like today I was listening again and I listened to it quite often uh, of our spiritual father, Kenneth E. Hagan. And this was, I don't know when this was. I think it was maybe the late 1990s. And I'm going, wow, that was really good. That's awesome. What revelation on the word of God. So, you know, when pastor and I or whoever's up here preaching, of course, we're sharing a word for all of you that are here in the sanctuary and those that are currently watching online. But, you know, we do have folks that go back and, and watch this over and over or, or may just come across and not happenstance, believe God's leading them to our website and different things. So just be in agreement with me that what the Holy Spirit wants to say to you all and to whoever may be watching online now or later date, it will come forth. Amen. Because the word contains within it life changing power. And that's what it's about. We want people to be encouraged. We want people to grow in the things of God. And we want people's lives to be forever impacted and changed by his precious word. Well, can I get a witness? Amen and amen. I think Pastor shared in the beginning um, that we're going to be doing a series. It's either going to be two or maybe three weeks on processing the plan of God. And I might add processing the plan of God through prayer because we will be talking about prayer. Uh, I think it was last week or maybe the week before I have a sister, her and her husband, that pastor up in the Washington state in the Tri-City area in Benton City. They pastor an Assembly of God church up there and for quite a while now, she's been going online every Tuesday morning at like 10 a.m. And she leads a, a Bible study and they do a little bit of prayer. But she has some really great one-liners and she tells the most awesome stories. Of any, by the way, anybody want to tune in on Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. or go on their Facebook page. It's Benton City Assembly of God. Her name is Linda, Linda Smith. But she said something, if you're watching, she watches a lot. Hi, Linda, giving you a plug there but it's well worth a listen I love the way she teaches the word but she said something a couple of weeks ago and it just went off on the inside of me I mentioned it on our prayer encounter that week but it kind of sparked what I'm going to be teaching tonight you know one word from heaven can really give you some inspiration and change you amen she said this man has an agenda but God has a plan and I love that. Man has an agenda, but God has a plan. And we know we don't want to get negative or anything, but it's obvious that there are some bad agendas happening through men and women. You know, that man has this agenda. And in the political arena, we're not going to go there. But sometimes agendas are out of the will of God. And many times man's agenda is with the wrong motive. It's a selfish 
motive. It's self-serving motive. And sometimes it's even an anti-God agenda. But we're not going to live by man's agenda. We're going to center in on the fact that our wonderful God has a plan. Hallelujah. Just think about this. Before he ever created man, God knew that Adam and Eve were going to fall. He knows that all things. He knows the end from the beginning. He knew what was going to happen. So before he ever created them, he knew that they were going to fall. But he already had in motion a plan. A plan to redeem man. A plan to buy him back. Oh, what a plan. Oh, what a planner. Amen. Nothing ever catches our father by surprise. He never goes, oops, I didn't see that one coming. He never says, oh, no, Holy Ghost, Jesus, what are we going to do now? I had no idea how to fix this issue. Look how they're messing things up down there. No, he never has an oops moment. The devil never catches him off guard. And here's another word. Your sin, your mistake never causes him to fall off of the throne either. He's like, well, just confess it already. Confess it. Get it under the blood. Get back in the center of my will. Nothing surprises him. Nothing takes him off guard. Glory to God. We thank God that his plan and his purpose for our lives. We're going to read this scripture in a little bit. God's plan and God's purpose for our lives will stand. God's plan and God's purpose for our nation will be fulfilled. And some people have this kind of attitude. Okay, so if God's got a plan for my life, and He does, and if my life is all mapped out, then why doesn't He just make everything happen according to His plan? There's multitudes of people, many Christians, that live with this philosophy. Que sera, sera. What will be, will be. The future's not ours to see. Que sera, sera, you know. And then they, they, and they have this attitude. I've heard people say this. God's in control of everything. God, in the religious voice, is sovereign. Everything that happens in my life, everything that happens in the world, it's got to be because of God. He had a reason for it. Well, I don't want to be disrespectful, but if God is truly in control, He sure has gotten things in a mess. What everything that's happening in the world today is not God's fault. And God is not in control of everything or every person. If people are not born again, washed in the blood of the Lamb, have God living big on the inside of them, 
No way Jose is he controlling their lives. And even Christians can yield to the enemy and not walk in their God-given authority. So this is not my main point tonight. But for all the multitudes that are watching online that may not know this, (laughs) I want to just point this out. That God did create man with authority. When he put Adam and Eve in the garden, he gave them the authority to guard it and to keep it. But we, here Sunday school class, we know what happened. We know that Eve was deceived and Adam joined her in that deception. And we know that they sold out that authority to the devil. But once again, our God, who is a good God and who always has a plan, he already had in motion a plan to redeem man and to buy him back. But in the meantime, before Jesus came, and even still now, the Bible says this in 2 Corinthians 4.4 in the New Living Transition, that Satan, who is the God of this world. Notice it's a little G. Don't You know, even sometimes when I'm typing my notes, and I do a lot of my stuff in caps, I always take the caps off and I type little devil. In small font. Little Satan. I'm not even going to give them the honor of putting their name in caps. He is the little God of this world. But he has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They're unable to see the glorious light of the good news. And then how does it go on and say that? They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. So Satan stole that authority given to man through deception. And deception is still one of his main tactics today. What does that deception do? It brings blindness And he tries to get people to even believe lies about God. He tries to get people to believe that God's the one that's causing all these bad things. And God, oh, he's just setting up in heaven. And the first time that you miss it, he's got a gigantic fly uh, fly swatter and he's going to whack and you're going to be splat. No, that's not our God, but that's religious lies will even tell you that. Where's that coming from? The little God of this world trying to deceive people into thinking the wrong thing about Jesus, about God. But thank the Lord again, our Father had a plan and Jesus took that authority that Satan stole and he gave it back to the church. Hallelujah. He's not that little God is not my God. He's not ruling and reigning my life. He doesn't have the final say of how things are going to go in our lives and in this church and in our nation and in this state. No way. Hallelujah. Because we know how to rise up and take our authority over him. 
Jesus said this over in Luke chapter 10, verse 19, out of the Amplified. Behold, I have given you authority and power to trample. Just remember where he is. He's under our feet. Do some trampling. Trample over serpents and scorpions and physical and mental strength and ability over all the power that the enemy possesses. And nothing shall in any way hurt or harm you. I think we ought to give God a glory. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Lord. As I read this just today, the Word is alive and it's full of revelation. If you will just read the Word, you're constantly going to be feeding your spirit and seeing things that you haven't seen before. And when I read this passage today out of the Amplified, it just popped out at me. I found this interesting that he says we have authority and power over serpents and scorpions and over mental strength and ability. And it just came to me, isn't it interesting that the major battles that we fight in this life are in the mental realm. It's in the soulish area. It's in the mind. But Jesus is even saying here, I've given you authority over those mental attacks. Over those things, those lies that come to your mind. What did Satan do when Jesus, he had him out there in the wilderness and he started tempting him. And the first thing that he said to him, did God really say? Did he really mean that? And he still has that same little trick in his bag of tricks and it will come to your mind and often brings torment with you with it it will come with like this well why would god tell you that he's going to do that that's never going to happen in your life you're missing it you didn't hear from god it's not god's will for everybody to be healed It's not God's will for everybody to be prosperous. He's not going to do that for you. The mental realm, the mental torment. And when those thoughts come that are contrary to the word, just like we take authority over the attacks of the devil, this is an attack of the devil. And when those thoughts come, you're no good, you did this, you said that, we ought to rise up and say, liar, liar, pants on fire. And that's not the only thing that's going to be on fire. You're going to be cast into that bottomless pit. And you know, that's going to be a happy day. I think we should be able to go by that pit and go, ha, 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 ha. Look at you, liar, liar, pants on fire. And now your hair and everything else is on fire. You're in that pit. Don't, we don't have to take those mental tormenting thoughts. In the meantime, before that day comes, when he is bound and cast into that pit, we need to keep reminding him that Jesus defeated him. 
and you and I, we are here. One of our main missions, I know I love to do this, is to remind him that he is a defeated foe. And devil, you ain't all that. Jesus whipped you, having spoiled principalities and powers. He made a show of them openly. Hallelujah. Woo! Jesus stripped him of his authority. And you know what? The Bible even says that when Jesus went into the pit of the hell, he took from him the keys of death, hell, and the grave. That old loser doesn't even have the keys to his own house. Woo! Jesus took them away from him. Hallelujah. Well, that's just my introduction. And that's by way of me saying, I said all that to say this. The devil cannot stop the plan of God from coming to pass in your life. He can't stop the plan of God coming to pass in the church. We will be and we are becoming the glorious church without spot and wrinkle. The glorious church filled with the glory of God. Filled with the manifest presence of God. Filled with signs, wonders, miracles. Hallelujah. He can't stop the plan of God. But you and I, using our God-given authority, we can stop His plots and His plans and His strategies every single time. Hallelujah. Think that's another hallelujah. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. I said that to just say this. God's got a plan and we can discover it and we can walk in it. We not, it's not just going to happen. We have to spend time with him. We have to look into the word of God, but we can and we will know his perfect will if we desire to. Very familiar scripture, Jeremiah 29 Verse 11 through 13. I'll read verse 11 first and make some comments out of the NIV. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Hallelujah. That's a yay. That's an awesome. That's great. Glory be to God. Too many people are living without hope. And I don't like hearing reports of, of how they, how this COVID and all this stuff have affected teenagers and young adults. And it's like, you know, they're in despair and they don't see a future. Well, if you're in God, you got a bright future. Hallelujah. And that's how to minister to people that are saying the world is so horrible and, you know, it's so hopeless. Without God, the answer to that is yes, it is. But we're not without God. 
in God, hallelujah, we have a bright future. And we have a glorious hope. Now, most people quote this passage and they quote this scripture and they're like, yeah, he's got plans for us. And I'm like, yeah, yes, he does. But how do we discover those plans? Well, the next verse gives us a clue. Verse 12. Then will you call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Our spiritual father, Dad Hagen, used to say the promises of God are not just going to fall on you like ripe cherries off of a tree. These things, these wonderful plans, these wonderful promises, they have to be sought after. They have to be pursued. We have to use our faith for them. We have to spend time in prayer. He said, call on me, come to me, pray to me, seek me. Find me. And when you find me, glory be to God, I'm going to listen and I'm going to show you those plans. He said in Jeremiah 33, 3, we were always taught that's God's phone number. If you need God, just dial up Jeremiah 33, 3. What does it say? Call. You know, the old rotary phones when you needed to do that. Call unto me and I will show you great And mighty things which thou knowest not. Glory to God. We got a direct line. Hallelujah. He is not hiding these things from us. That's not his nature. But he has hidden them for us. And you know where they're at? They're in here. They're in here. They're in your spirit man. The direction that you need the counsel that you need to walk out the plan of God it's not out here somewhere he's hidden it in here in Christ are all the treasures in Christ are all the wisdom well where is in Christ Christ in me the hope the hope of glory I want to give you a hope And a future Christ in me. That's where it is. But we have to know how to tap into it. And to draw it out. There's a wonderful scripture in Proverbs 20 verse 5. It reads like this. Counsel in the heart of man is like deep water. But a man of understanding will draw it out. Drawing out denotes effort. He said it's like a, a well, like deep water. Well, we've used this illustration many times, but um, we, we had a little well on our, on our farm, but I had a great uncle that that's, that's really how they got their drinking water. They had an old well, it was rock, and it was deep. But you'd go over there, and if you wanted to get some real cold water, there was that little bucket on that little crank. 
you had to drop it down, had to keep going and going and going and going if you wanted the real cool, refreshing water. And then when that bucket was full, it took effort. I could hardly do it. I couldn't do it by myself as a kid to crank that bucket back up. But that's what it's telling us here. If you want to draw on that wisdom that's on the inside of you, it's going to take some effort. And we have a helper to help us to get that wisdom and to get that counsel that's in here out of our heart to up here to where it's fruitful to our understanding. And his name is the Holy Spirit. Praying in tongues is like dropping the bucket down into that deep well. And then as you come, you're pulling up that wisdom and insight that you need. And he will help it to become fruitful to our minds. Hallelujah. We're not going to get super far tonight, but I want to go continue a little bit longer here of course but so this title actually came to of this message as I was thinking about the plan of God that he has this glorious plan man has an agenda he has a plan how do we discover this plan and then this scripture I just read drawn up well it is a process a good friend of ours wrote a book many years ago Mark Brzee actually processing the plan through prayer Processing the plan of God through prayer. And so I started thinking about that word process. And here's a definition that I find interesting. A series of actions or operations producing an end result. A process. A series. Not just one. A series of actions or operations that produce an end result. And when I saw that word process, I immediately thought about my hair. <laughs> it's okay. You can, you can laugh. You can enjoy this with me. My hair. Now, this is true confessions. My hair does not grow in in these two or three different colors naturally. Just ask pastor. He's been paying for it for years to get it this way. Every few weeks, I go to my hairstylist and we go through this process. I, it takes three hours because I got a lot of hair. And there, when she is done, there are foils all over my head with different colors on them, both reds and blondes. And they're sticking up everywhere. And I'm sitting there for quite a while. She'll go get lunch. She'll come back. She'll check. She'll take one off. No, not quite ready. We're not done processing yet. you got to process a little longer. But I don't want her to take it off too soon. Because I don't want my hair to be green or something. It's got to go through these stages of becoming red, these stages of becoming blonde. It's an operation. It's a process. And, you know, it takes time. And we have to be patient. 
and wait for the process. Well, and money, time and money. I said you've been paying for it for years. Praise the Lord. Thank God he believes in prosperity. Anyway, it's the same when it comes to praying certain things through. Now, there are prayers, prayer faith. You know, there's things that we pray maybe one time and then we just thank God for them. But there are other issues that are not just as simple. Lord, I want this to happen. Thank you for it. Amen. It's a process. And it takes a waiting for, waiting on God to get the end results. His ears are open. We're not trying to talk him in the notion of doing anything. He's already ready. We read, we sang it tonight. His promises are yes and amen. But there is that little G, that little God of this world who tries to hinder the plans and purposes of God. And one of the things he tries to do in our lives is to wear us out by looking at something called a watch. Looking at time. Well, I asked God to do that last week. And it still hasn't happened. I prayed about that last month. And I'm not seeing anything. Folks, you're in the midst of the process. It's not quite time to take the foils off yet. Keep processing. But don't get out, give up prematurely. There is a process taking place. I was thinking about this today as well. That there is an art of praying through. And when I say that, some people, what in the world are you talking about? There is an art of praying through that many believers have lost or not ever even known what it is. The old timers, of which I guess I am one. And when I said that, you guys want to hear a little story? We got a little time. When I said that, it reminded me years ago, and when I think about it, probably Gloria Copeland was about my age that I am right now, 67, going to be 68 this year. And her and, and Billy Brim and Kenneth, they were in a car going after a meeting at Brother Hagen's, and Gloria spoke up, and she said, Billy, I sure do miss the old-timers that used to be in these meetings. And Billy looked at her and said, Gloria, we are the old timers. And Gloria and her wit said, well, if that's the case, never in the history of the church have the old timers been so young. And so that's what came to me when I said, I must be an old timer. Qualifies me. Anyway, back to my story. Old timers knew something about Praying through. Praying until there was a note of victory. It may not happen. Most of the time it didn't. The first time you prayed over a situation. Or it may, you may need to hover over that. Pray over that today. And then like, okay, I know we made some progress in this process. But we're not done. We're going to pick it up again. And then the next day, or whenever you have that time again, you start praying over that situation again. You know, there is no microwave in heaven. 
There is no drive-through. His ears are open. I'm not trying to discourage anybody that God does hear and he does answer our prayers. But he also wrote in the book of Isaiah in chapter 40, they that wait, wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. There is an art to praying things through. And when it comes to major decisions in our life, when it comes to the will of God and His plan being established in our life, that is not going to be a a 10-second prayer. It's going to be a time of waiting before Him and pouring out your heart and not just jumping up after you pour out your request and your heart, but waiting to see what He would say and waiting to give Him time to impart the answer into you and the step that needs to be taken. That's praying things through. I was thinking about this as well today, that being the old timer that I am and growing up in old, really old line Pentecost, thankful for it, thankful for my roots. Thank you, Father, that I was allowed to grow up in that little country church. But there was a lot of saints in that church that knew how to wait on God. We had every Sunday night, our service ended with everybody come to the altar. If you've got, and they would use the term, if you've got a burden, if you've got somebody on your heart, just take as long as you need and let's just pray around the altar. Let's lay those things on the altar of God. And I know that there were people that would go to the pastor and we're not, you know, certainly not against spiritual guidance. We, there is counsel in the multitude of, of counselors. There's safety. But very few people had to go talk to other people about their problems because they spent time talking to God about them. And again, you know, there's a balance to that. If you need help, please contact us. If you need prayer, of course, call us. But let's not negate the fact that we need to talk to him first. And we need to go make yourself an altar at home. And when I was doing this, writing some thoughts down, I was just translated back to 1972. I was a senior in high school. And in our little community, and even in my family, everybody married really, really young. And I'd been dating this guy, and pastor doesn't care if I tell this, it was like 100 years ago. Well, 50, actually. (laughs) Actually, 50. (laughs) I'd been dating this guy, and we're about to graduate from high school, and so just as everybody around there, most kids did, He had given me an engagement ring, asked me to marry him. And I had said yes, 
But even when I said yes, scratch, 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 on the inside, I knew it wasn't right. He was, nothing wrong with him. He was a good guy, good Baptist guy, not filled with the Holy Ghost. That should have been one clue. But anyhow, <clears throat> I remember particularly one Sunday night. So I'm okay, okay, Lord. We need to talk about this. It, it, I just had this flashback today, and I saw exactly where I was, kneeling at that little altar. And I saw myself do what I did 50, almost 50 years ago. And I said, Lord, I'm putting him on the altar. I don't want to miss you. I saw myself, which I did. I took off the little engagement ring with this teeny little diamond on it, and I laid it on the altar. And I never picked it up. I said, Lord, your will and your plan is the most important thing to me and to my life. I prayed through until I knew it. I mean, I already knew it, but until I was willing to be willing to put him first. I wanted God's best. And we would often sing this song, and I wrote down some of the words. I don't even know if you know this, PT. It, you're not as old as this old-timer. Is your all on the altar? Did you ever sing that? Is your all on the altar? One of the course verses says, You have longed for sweet peace and for faith to increase. You have earnestly and fervently prayed, but you cannot have rest or be perfectly blessed until all on the altar is laid. And this is what was coming in my heart today. And really, I believe we were singing it that night that I took that ring off and laid it on the altar. We sang it that night. Is your all on the altar of sacrifice laid? Your heart does the spirit control. You can only be blessed and have peace and sweet rest as you yield him your body and so, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that it never, ever, it never, ever cost to obey you. I guess I should say that differently. There is a price to obey him. But the cost is never greater than the reward. <laughs> I'm so glad I obeyed. I'm so glad that I waited for my divine appointment <laughs> and my destiny. Hallelujah. It pays to obey. It pays to pray. <laughs> I was looking at that word process, and we're, we'll wind down here tonight, but process, some of the synonyms for it, advancement, furtherance, progression. When we give him our all, when we seek him, there will be an advancement. There will be a progression. 
in our lives. Like it talks about in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. From glory to glory to glory. He's changing us. From glory to glory. We are going higher and higher and higher. And our best days are not behind us. Our best days are in front of us. Oh, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. <laughs> Let me share this one last scripture. When we process the plan of God through prayer, we're making advancement. Hallelujah. And it's not our plans that will stand, but it's His. And when we seek Him, those hidden things come to light. This verse was highlighted in my spirit probably when I was a, a teenager. And it just was branded on the inside of me. I prayed it over my own life. I've prayed it over individuals. I remember when James, our youngest son, was in a valley of decision and going through a very difficult time. I would tell him this scripture. I would pray this scripture over him. It's Proverbs 19, 21 out of the Amplified. Many plans are in a man's mind, but it is the Lord's purpose for him that will stand. Don't lean to your own understanding. Don't lean here. Don't live out of your mind. I could do this. I could do that. I could go here. I could go there. No, stop leaning up here in the mental realm and the reasoning realm. Tap in. <laughs> Woo, tap in to Him. That's on the inside. And begin to declare that. I am not going to make my own plans. And then ask God to bless them. Oh, 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 people do that all the time. I think I'll do this. I think I'll do that. Oh, by the way, God, would you please bless my plans. I'm not telling us that we shouldn't make plans. We shouldn't have dreams. We shouldn't have a vision. But if we will get the plan from the planner first off, we don't have to ask him to bless it. It's already blessed. It came from him. Oh, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's all stand. Glory be to God. I have so much more, but we have next week. Praise the Lord. I just feel like tonight, I know for me, even today as I was preparing, that it's like an old time consecration and dedication. That's not a prayer that you pray 
one time. And I just sense there's some people in here or watching online that you just need to do that. You just need to consecrate and dedicate yourself afresh and anew to His will, to His plan, to His purpose. Oh, Lord Jesus, I'll go where you want me to go. I'll say what you want me to say. I'll do what you want me to do. I am yours, Lord, to command. I am your vessel, and I desire to be a vessel of honor, fit, fit for the Master's use. I want to bring you glory. I want to bring you glory all the days of my life. Oh, oh, let's just pray in the Holy Ghost for a few moments draw a circle in the realm of the spirit around yourself and just see yourself shut in with God just you and him there's so many things that need to be prayed about. But this is what's on the menu tonight. This is where the Holy Spirit is giving us unction. That we come And some of you, you need to do like I did. You need to Is your all on the altar. And it's not even about your own individual life. Oh, there's some parents in here. There's some grandparents in here that you're trying to carry the weight of those kids. You're trying to, oh, you're trying to fix this and to fix that. No, you can't do it. You cannot change them through preaching and through willpower. What you need to do tonight. Oh, there's some it's a makushondra. It's a grown kid like a mushombra kata. You can't carry the weight of that 250 pound kid. No, kashabrotaha. Put him on the altar. Put him on the altar tonight. Just say, Lord. Lord, I'm going to stop worrying about them. I'm going to stop fretting over this situation. I'm going to put them on the altar. And I'm going to leave them there. Hallelujah. And I'm just going to thank you. But you got to eat it by And then you hover over it. You hover over it in prayer. And you must sombra. You follow the river. You follow that unction. And as he gives you unction, then that's what you pray. That's what you say. But you don't do it out of the flesh. And out of striving. You process it. You process the plan through prayer. Oh, Jesus. 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 Thank you. Thank you for the glorious plan that you have for us. The glorious plan that you have for your glorious church. Ha 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 ha.
Whoo, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just don't bakare se bakareta. Nothing Nothing else matters Than pleasing you Jesus Jesus, we want to please you in all of our ways, in all of our days. Oh, we want to be, we want to be the light, the light of the world. We want to be the answer, not the problem. Oh, get upheld thank you Lord thank you Lord we are upheld we're upheld by your word and by your power oh we're not going down we're not going under in this hour <laughs> Woo! Your plan, your purpose shall stand. Woo! Revival and an awakening in our nation. That is your plan. Ha <laughs> ha! It shall stand. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. There is such a sweet, sweet presence here. Don't you love the Holy Spirit? I just love how He deals with our hearts. How He speaks to us individually. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for ministering to each and every one of us. And don't allow the enemy to torment you and to say, oh, you missed it there. You missed it there, so now you're not ever going to know God's perfect will or God's perfect plan. No, that's a lie. From the pit of hell. Ha 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 ha. It's not too late. It's not too late. Ha 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 ha. Oh, Makadombra Sata. I'm working on your behalf. I'm working behind the scenes. I'm making arrangements, divine connections. Woo! Divine appointments, glorious connections, and Nimashamprata. I'm getting you right back on track. <laughs> Woo! To walk and to live in my best. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, thank you, Lord. Woo! Mazizi built that. 
it shall all come to pass. 